Welcome to my podcast. I'm the Laughing Philosopher. Life is complicated. You are complicated. Everything seems to have been figured out, except how to live a happy life guided by wisdom and reason. What does it mean to be a good person? What is love? Who am I before I was told who I am? Why haven't I found myself yet? Why do I have regrets? Is this a just world? Almost from the moment of birth, we've been told how to behave, how to fit in, and how to fulfill other people's expectations. We grow to fear that we will lack importance or cease to exist in the lives of others if we think for ourselves and question the rules and roles that we've been told define us. Only when wisdom and reason removes this illusion can we live authentically in the world around us and become our real selves. Episode number 48. Do you want more freedom in your life? What does freedom mean to you? When you look in a mirror, who do you see? Are you Aristippus? How does it feel to be owned? Are you Diogenes? How does it feel to be your own master? Your life is a war between negative and positive freedom, between Diogenes and Aristippus. Some people prefer greater negative freedom, and some people prefer greater positive freedom. What do you prefer? Perhaps you are the kind of person who cannot be happy without maximum negative freedom. Long and challenging commitments, like attending college or learning chess, are too demanding and too stressful. You rebel whenever you feel pressured to marry or start a family. In the office, you, a male, fight back whenever you are ridiculed for wearing a bow tie and for refusing to wear pantyhose in the summer. You, a female, are labeled a troublemaker. On one side, some people just follow the rules and conform to other people's opinions and expectations. Some do, some don't. You don't. So perhaps you are the kind of person who cannot be happy without maximum positive freedom. You work to live your dreams and live your dreams at work. The work versus life conflict is just a reminder to you of how much of your own life you are missing. 
The work versus family tension reminds you of how many of your own aspirations are unfulfilled. Why does work tend to spill over into your personal and home life, but your personal goals and aspirations never seem to take you away from work? What is the purpose of work if it does not help you fulfill the dreams you have about yourself and your life? Suffering with purpose is not suffering. Working with purpose is not work. The life of Sisyphus is pointless. Working without purpose is pointless. Sisyphus can't quit. Yes, you can. Be a rebel. Learn to say no to the desire to please others. Learn to say no to other people's expectations of you. Accept nothing that does not agree with your own wisdom and judgment. Live authentically. Be true to yourself and your dreams. Your freedom to be yourself and your freedom to create your own life are much too precious to be traded for money, status, and approval. Sometimes, at the end of a chess game, you find yourself in a losing position. Resign, set up the pieces, and play again. Marriage imposes strict constraints and heavy responsibilities on husbands and wives. And to play these roles and engage in the benefits of this relationship, these demands must be satisfied. Marriage is a state of commitment and accountability. Marriage introduces restrictions and limitations on one's actions. Marriage demands submission. It penalizes nonconformity and enforces conformity using physical and emotional rewards and punishments. Marriage is a total institution that regulates the behavior of its members. It's no surprise that marriage may feel like a prison, and married men and women may respond to its discipline like prisoners. Better to be single. You have nothing to lose but your chains. So, be durable. Change is inevitable. Trees do not grow to the sun, and love does not grow to the sun. Where it stops, nobody knows. But you must be ready 
to accept and adapt to change. Love falls into place and love falls apart. Marriage falls into place and falls apart. Relationships end just as they begin. It just happens. As you choose your relationships, be prepared to bend. Trees that cannot bend with the wind break. Camus said, Blessed are the hearts that can bend. They shall never be broken. Regulating our behavior, regulating our thoughts and ideas, regulating our feelings and emotions. Marriage really is similar to a prison. Married men have been known to refer to their spouses as my ball and chain. Yet, all significant relationships, not just marriage, are an iron cage. Family, friends, colleagues, all relationships demand rule following and role playing at the expense of negative freedom. Rules of all kinds are necessary to establish, protect, and maintain the structure of society. People want rules and people need the structure engendered by rules. We are governed by this structure. We are also nurtured and protected. Humans want and need structure. We want structure to guide the rightness and wrongness of our behavior. We need structure to navigate our relationships with others. We desire predictability and we fear uncertainty in other people's behavior. Structure is how we make sense of ourselves and other people. The structure of society becomes the structure of our consciousness. You dropped in, but no one drops out of society. Even hermits play a role and follow rules. But you can learn to love solitude. Learn to love being alone. Freedom is the possibility of isolation. If you can't be alone, then you are a slave to others and you are not free. Your life is not a half-empty glass that needs to be filled by other people. Your life is bound by rules. At the moment you were born, your life is governed by a web of other people's rules and expectations. These rules govern not only everything you do, 
but everything you think, feel, and say, and even the look on your face as you say it. You feel free. You think that you think independent thoughts and feel independent feelings. But the rules of everyday life are unacknowledged, unwritten, and unspoken. These rules cannot be verbalized, yet these rules are so powerful that everyone, unthinkingly and unreflectingly, obeys them. And these rules of behavior are so deeply embedded in your unconscious mind that it is almost impossible for you to explain to someone else what they are. And how deep is our love of rules and rule following? Once upon a time, as the Catholic priest would lead his congregation in worship each evening, a stray cat would get in the way of the services and distract the worshipers. So the priest ordered that the cat be tied up during evening worship. After the priest died, the cat continued to be tied during evening worship. And when the cat died, another cat was brought to the church so that it could be tied up during evening prayers. Over the centuries, long formal books and complex treatises were written by Catholic theologians and New Testament scholars justifying the religious necessity of tying a cat while worship is performed and explaining why that's what Jesus would do. Absurd situations become absurd rules. Absurd rules become absurd conveniences. And absurd conveniences become absurd traditions. Even in relationships where there should be no rule following, we follow rules. Who do you more love and more highly value? Your wife or your children? Who do you more highly value? Your spouse or your best friend? Should parents equally love and value their children? In 1984, sociologist Theodore Kaplan studied the rules which govern the amount of love and emotional value of family relationships. Kaplow found that a spousal relationship, both for husband and wife, should be more valuable 
than any other relationship. A parent-child relationship should be less valuable than a spousal relationship, but more valuable than any other relationship. Parents should set a higher value on the parent-child relationship than their children. Children should love and value their mother more than their father. Children of any age with divorced parents should love and value them unequally. Parents with several children should love and value them equally in childhood, but not later. Adult siblings living close by should be more loved and more highly valued, along with their spouses, than siblings living farther away. Friends of either sex, as well as distant relatives like aunts and uncles, should be valued and loved as much as siblings, but should not be loved and valued as much as spouses, parents, or children. Love follows rules. Your emotions follow rules. Rules provide a structure, a cushion for your relationships with other people. Without structure, you wouldn't know what you are right to expect of other people and what others are right to expect of you. Without structure, no one would know what is appropriate and inappropriate behavior in oneself and others. Behavior would be uncertain and unpredictable. Your behavior would be seen as erratic and unstable, and you would be seen by other people as insane. Why? Sartre said, Hell is other people. You are forever trapped in a prison of other people's judgment of what they expect of you. Even in situations where there should be no rules, we create rules. Sociologist James Hensland's 2003 study revealed a set of norms among cannibals. Hensland found that some bodies should be off limits. Cannibals should not eat women's bodies. Human flesh should be rationed and distributed according to an orderly system, except that those carving up the corpse can eat a little as they cut. One human corpse should always be finished before another should be started. Certain parts of the human body should not be eaten, such as the head, the skin, the lungs, and the genitals. These parts of the body should be wasted, 
No one should eat their own spouse, friend, or close relative. Fat from the body is less popular than the red meat of the muscles. So fat should not be rationed, and everybody can eat as much fat as they wish. The skin of the dead should not be wasted. It should be used to make clothing, such as crafting a pair of socks by cutting an arm above and below the elbow, slowly pulling away the skin and sewing up the lower end. Rules govern even the most deviant activity. Do this, don't do that. Now what are we to make of rule following and role playing? What is the best way to live? To possess both the negative freedom of Diogenes and the positive freedom of Aristippus. Pay attention. Anger solves nothing. In your life, there are only two kinds of problems. Problems you can solve and problems you cannot solve. If you can't cure a bad situation or repair a bad relationship, then just accept it and let go. What is, is. You can't change what is. Don't try. But you can change what will be. So move on. Life is not too short. We just waste too much of it by allowing our anger to lead us down dead-end streets. Use your reason and experience to solve the problems you can and just accept the rest with resignation and preferred indifference. Let it go. Two, love progress, not perfection. You would be better off to love the company of an imperfect partner who loves you than to constantly change partners in search of the perfect one. No one is perfect. You are not perfect. Everybody has a shadow. Are you searching for a trophy? Would you enjoy being treated like a trophy? Your partner is not a trophy to show off. Life's most precious possessions require time to grow. Love grows. Wisdom grows. We learn by doing and experience grows. Be happy with progress in yourself and in others. Three, 
Focus on the inner world. Lack of money is not the enemy of happiness. Wealth does not bring freedom and happiness, but stress and captivity. The outer world of things and possessions becomes a prison. You don't own things, they own you. You don't control things, they control you. You take care of things, they don't take care of you. Count your inner blessings. Your most precious possessions are inside you. Reality is not just what is happening around you, but what's happening inside you. And compared to what is happening inside you, the external world doesn't exist. Four, make room in your life for art. Art inspires freedom of thought and freedom of action. Art is an escape from conformity. Art liberates you from worldly desires and frees you from attachments that keep you a prisoner. We covet what we see. And in art, you see the process of creation. You see original thoughts and ideas enter the world through the mind of the artist and you are awakened to the possibility of freedom in yourself. You were born a prisoner of society. Set yourself free. Five, kindness ripples. Be kind to yourself and be kind to others. The Buddha said, thousands of candles can be lit from a single candle. Never walk past a homeless person without filling his hand with all of your spare change, all of it, to the last penny. Be the one person who stops to help like a stone dropped in a pool of water. Others will see your kindness and reflect on your example. Believe me, your goodness will ripple through their consciousness. Everyone is a Buddha. People just need to wake up and the light of just one candle to show the way. And six, when everything feels set against you, remember, your life is somebody else's dream. Sometimes you feel as if your life is falling apart. It's not. It's falling into place. 
The only regrets worth having are the things you didn't do because you were afraid of other people's opinions. Find something to live and die for. The philosopher Viktor Frankl said, the meaning of life is to give life meaning. Sometimes you feel, what's the point? Why keep going? Purposelessness, meaninglessness, hopelessness. There is nothing more to expect from life. Why should I wake up every morning and go to a job I hate? just to earn money to support a meaningless existence. You ask yourself, why should I bother? Why? Because you can always choose which way to go. You don't have to be a plaything of your circumstances. What is the best move in chess? There is always a best move, but the best move is always different. It depends on the position. There is always more than one right way to live. It depends on the situation. You have the power to change a bad situation. Find the best move. Find the best way forward. You don't need a reason for being or a purpose to go on living. Life is not a race for rats or for humans. Your life is an end in itself, not a means to an end. Living is life's only purpose. Nietzsche said, he who has a why can bear almost any how. Go through the fire. Whatever you are doing, whether it's carrying a bucket of water or delivering a baby, go all the way. Everyone strikes out, but it's never too late to run the bases. Every well runs dry, but just stop drawing water and it will fill again. Believe in yourself. Be true to your dreams and strive to be happy. That is all you need to know. That is all, my friend.
Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Corey, the Laughing Philosopher. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I've devoted my professional life to the intersection of sociology and philosophy, where the contemporary problems of life meet the ideas and convictions of the greatest human minds. Join me by subscribing to The Laughing Philosopher as we use reason and wisdom to explore big answers to the most important of all big questions, how to live.